0: Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 185. I am your host, Bill Stahl, and this is The Power Play. Thank you once again for joining me on a Power Play. I'm just getting through with my little bit of fun with COVID. I um, thought I'd caught a cold from a kid on my team, and then I got one of those phone notifications and got tested, and I was positive. So uh, I guess it's a good thing I have my vaccinations because it just felt like a cold. Um, My voice, as you can tell, probably sounds a little scratchy. Part of it is I just came back from a University of Denver hockey game this evening, so uh, that could uh, be a contributing factor, but... Um, I'm back at it. Uh, I ran nine and a half miles today and I, I just have kind of a lingering cough. But uh, other than that, feel great. Uh, I, I stayed home for about five days and and then continue wearing a mask when I'm outside uh, in, in public. But um, other than that, it, it, it was mostly felt like a cold. I had some congestion, runny nose, uh, really not much more than that. Didn't have a fever, kept my um, sense of smell and taste. So uh, maybe that's uh, characteristics of Omicron. I, I don't know, but it, uh, like I say, I'm thankful to have had vaccinations and boosters because um, who knows how much worse it could have been without. But um, yeah, I'm kind of glad to have it out of the way because I'm going to be traveling very soon to Europe and um, you know, at least I kind of have it out of the way. I don't know how this is all going to play out here in terms of getting tested or what have you so I can actually go there but uh, i'll I'll figure that out here this coming week but at this point uh, like i say probably good to get it done and over with it seems like everybody in colorado is getting getting covid right now Uh, it's crazy you go to the store and there's no cold medicine on the shelves at all it's totally cleaned out um actually I had Gary Stotler stop by the store for me. Had, you know, I asked him to pick up some DayQuil for me. And he ended up going to three different stores and found like a bottle that was like hidden where I, I guess it was kind of got shoved aside and he, he kind of dug it out of there. It was the only bottle of DayQuil left in a Walmart. And that was his third store to go to. So thank you to Gary for having done that for me. And, uh, you know, DayQuil certainly and NyQuil certainly saved me uh, for, for the last, uh, you know, those five pretty much kind of the the worst days of it but again it was never that bad so anyhow uh let's uh you know a few things have you know we've started the new year racing has begun it's it's kind of cool seeing some really notable performances uh our own annie hughes from leadville who was on an earlier episode and friend of the show also don reichel both had wins on in uh, ultra marathon races down in arizona good to see that and uh, I don't know if you heard, Alexander Sorokin, he's from Estonia. This guy just did something that just blew my mind. He he was in Tel Aviv, Israel. And this guy ran uh, broke the 100-mile world record. His, he held the previous record, ran 100 miles in 11 hours, 14 minutes and 50 seconds. And he lowered that record by 13 minutes. He ran 10.51.39 for 100 miles. Uh, that average is 631 a pace, uh, uh, a mile per pace, I should say. Uh, c- picture that, um, you know, 631, that, that's about the equivalent of running a 5K in about 2018. Uh, I, I can't even run a 5K that fast anymore, I hate to say. And uh, it's like running a marathon in 251. The only difference, of course, he ran basically four marathons at, at 251 over and over and over. So um, just, just astounding uh, running. For twelve hours he ran hundred and ten point two three miles in twelve hours, so uh, broke two records. Just, just astounding what what he did forty year old Estonian um, Alexander Sorokin and then um the story of the weekend I, I just absolutely love this. Harvey Lewis is one of my idols. I just think that guy is an absolute beast. Uh, you may know his name from having won some of the uh, uh, big backyard challenges, things like that. I think recently he ran like three hundred forty miles in one of those challenges. Um Harvey is a school teacher in Cleveland and he's he's plant-based so he tends to recover very quickly a huge advantage for him there but um he was supposed to run the Long Haul 100 in Tampa on Saturday and on Friday he gets to the Cleveland airport and found out Frontier Airlines had canceled his flight and there were no more flights out of Cleveland to get to Tampa and the race was in 14 hours so uh, he, he did a quick look up and realized that he could drive the 900 miles from Cleveland to tampa in about 13 hours and so most of us i think i myself i if my flight had been cancelled and the flight was the next more if a race was the next morning i probably would have said well so be it i'm not going but no louis uh, harvey i should say got in his car and drove the 13 hours made it to the race an hour before us to start he took a 40 minute nap and goes out and runs the 100 mile race And of course he won it. He ran just over 16 hours for this hundred mile race called the long haul 100. And, um, (laughs) you know, and then, um, you know, crashed after that, I assume, and I uh, I think he said it was a good thing that being a school teacher, he doesn't have his next uh, classes until Tuesday because of the MLK holiday, so um he gets a, maybe a day to sleep uh, before he has to make the uh, drive back to Cleveland. So, just what, what an animal, right? Uh, just incredible, so um kudos to harvey lewis what what a guy so in any case i wanted to talk a little bit about hill running hills are one of my favorite things a lot of variations ways you can do hills um hills uh, re- really there's two good reasons to do hills and I, I think either way hill running gets almost more bang for your buck than almost any kind of workout you can do um, one really strong reason to run hills is to run it as part of your transition. We talked earlier on the We Are Superman podcast about running fartleks and tempo runs. That's another kind of transition between just building your base and then moving into running speed work, which could be doing, you know, 1k repeats on grass or on the, you know, running intervals on the track, you know, whatever your speed work looks like, but you can't just jump from building base right into track work. Pretty much without getting injured, so that's why we do these transition workouts, such as tempos and fartleks and hills. And like I say, I love hills, and um, so that is one reason to run hills. The other, of course, is because of the law of specificity, which says that you should train specifically for what you're doing. So, in case you've ever been injured and said, "Well, I'm going to cross train, say swim, to keep my keep in shape." Just swimming or just biking isn't really the best way to get yourself ready to run. It's a good way to maintain some cardio while you're injured, but um, the law of specificity says you should train specifically for what you're doing. So if you're going to be running, you know, up Pikes Peak, or you're going to be doing, you know, some, you know, very hilly runs, then running on hilly courses is definitely beneficial. And um, it really doesn't matter how you do it, to be honest. When you're in in that kind of situation where, um, you know, you're just training to run, say, a hilly ultra marathon, uh, just run hills. It, it's really good. The more If you're going to be running on trails, run those on trails as much as you can. I know that sometimes gets tough this time of year. Um, certainly, you can do a lot of running on treadmills, or you could do work on a stair climber. Um, they're good I mean, I, I learned from personal experience that, uh, when I was injured, that just working on a stair climber, trying to work, improve my uphill abilities didn't translate very well to running a race like the Leadville 100. It helped, but it certainly wasn't the best. So, um, you know, if you're going to be doing a hilly ultra on trail, then I would be doing as many runs on hilly terrain on trails but let 's talk specifically about if you 're using it as a transition from you know, doing base work to getting into more speed work, so um, you know there are a lot of different ways you can do just repeat hills um, some of the, my favorite ways are just to do um, hundred to one hundred and fifty meters and start if, if you 're a beginner, start with maybe eight repeats, a run up, and then jog just easy going back down and let 's talk a little bit about your form because the form is very important. A lot of people have a tendency to try to bend forward, lean forward um and what you really want to do is try to maintain as perpendicular to the slope you're on as possible. That's true either uphill or downhill so your any kind of lean that you have should come from the ankles, not from the waist. And you can even try this on your own where lean at the waist and try to lift your knees up towards your chest, you know, lift your thigh and see how much harder it is than if you stand straight up and lift your knee again, you will find that is a lot easier to do than if you were hunched forward and bending at the waist. So you like to say, just try that on your own and you'll see the difference. So any kind of lean should come from the ankles. And again, try to be perpendicular to the slope uh, that you're running on. Secondly, use good arm action. Um, the more you can pump your arms, the more it's going to harm your le- or help your legs, I should say. So that's kind of just intuitive right there. Um, lift your knees, obviously, also intuitive. But one thing that I I think doesn't get uh, recognized enough is try to keep your feet on the ground as long as you can. So it's kind of the same concept of when you're running in good form, you have your leg on the ground behind you because you want all your business, basically, all your work going behind you. That's the only way you can propel yourself forward. But when you're running uphill, it serves another purpose. Uh, Basically, anytime you're up in the air going uphill, gravity's pulling you back down. So the only way you can keep pushing up the hill is if your feet are on the ground. So you want to maintain contact with the ground behind you as long as possible as you're trying to work your way up the hill. Very important right there. Um, in terms of getting yourself up the hill, it's I find it's very important to keep your eyes on certain intermediate goals all the way up you know what it's like if you look at the top of a hill it looks like mount everest to you you're like oh crap i gotta go all the way up there but if you find various landmarks along the way even if i'm running on i've got a hill near me that i use sometimes it's just on pavement and i'll look at various cracks on the pavement or a shadow maybe it's being cast by a tree or a phone pole or you look for a fire hydrant mailbox you know, paint marking on the street, whatever it is, but look for a mark and get to that point, kind of give yourself a little pat on the shoulders, you know, good job, pat on the back, and then look for the next target, look for the next target. I generally, depending on the slope, I may not look more than 20 yards ahead of me, just looking for that next point to get to, and then, you know, then look my, uh, raise my eyes, look for the next point and so on and so on. So I'm not looking at the top and getting intimidated by how much I have to climb. Obviously that comes into play even more if you're out and running in an ultra somewhere and, um, you know, you can see that summit all the way up there or worse yet, if it's a false summit, that's even worse, right? Uh, you get there and, uh, you realize, oh crap, that, that wasn't the top of the hill. But so, uh, definitely that, that's where you want to keep your eyes. And that, that's what you should be looking at in terms of your form going up the hill. So, um, as I mentioned, you can do 100 to 150 meters at, for a, a, a workout and start with eight. If you're a beginner, you can work your way up to doing 10 of them, 12 of them, and so on. You can also do longer ones. Um, there's, that, you know, there's no set formula. Certainly, you can go on a longer hill climb and you want to maybe back down the pace a little bit. Um, you know, When you're doing ones that say 100 to 150 meters, maybe you want to aim for about 80 to 85% of your effort, whereas... Um, you know when you're going a longer slope, you can maybe tone that down a little bit, maybe 75 to eighty percent. Again, maintaining your form well all the way. Um, one hill workout I kind of like is alternating forty seconds and 80 seconds. So uh, basically you can do you know maybe start with four sets of those where you after your warm up, you do a 40 second he run up the hill, jog back down, and then eighty cent eighty second run up the hill and back down, and then do four sets of those so four four sets of forty eighties and so that's eight repeats all altogether and again, you can work those numbers up until you get to yeah maybe six of those so that would be twelve repeats altogether um so so that's just another favorite workout of mine um there are certainly you know coaches out there you can you know come up with some games out there i i have a, a handmade set of a homemade set, I should say, set of flashcards I use. And I make the kids basically every time I have them work with a partner and they run up the hill, they get to the top of the hill and I give them a flashcard and they jog back down. They run back to the top the hill, they get another flashcard. And depending on how good the runner is, I can tell them they need to find a, or come up with a certain number of pairs or even a three of a kinds trips, as I call them before they're done with the workout and so um you know some of the kids who are you know beginners i may say you need to find you know get six pairs or four triplicates um and maybe the more advanced runners it becomes 10 or 12 pairs and and i can even you know walk up and down the hill depending on how hard i want them to go i like and that's what i kind of do i kind of work my way up and down the hill so it changes the length of the the hill repeats they're doing and Um, You know, just again, a fun way. Uh, They don't know exactly how many repeats they're going to do because it depends on how quickly they come up with uh, matching up those flashcards. So just kind of a fun thing to do there. Um, I like to take kids sometimes to uh, places like Red Rocks Amphitheater here. If you are familiar with it, it's one of the great concert venues in the world. But it's got a huge flight of steps on either side of the stage. Um, if If you ever go there in the summer, Red Rocks is packed with people out there doing everything from um, yoga to running to um, uh, call it classes. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, not the hit classes, but uh, I mean, it's packed. There's so many people out there doing workouts in the summer. It's actually too crowded. But, um, but you know, if you have a steep staircase somewhere, stadium stairs or something like that, what I'll often do is, you know, again, hills are great, but, you know, stadium stairs are a good way to replicate running up hills. So I will... Have the kids start with saying running, you have to run a certain number of flights of single steps. So they basically hit every single step, run up and then jog back down. Then they have to run every other step and then they jog back down. Then they have to do skips and skips are really good. I mean, at first you may say, wait, whoa, whoa, how do I do skips on there? Uh, Practice that. It's actually, uh, you can get the hang of it very quickly. Um, I, I like to do skips even on regular hill repeats. So, you know, if you're doing, you know, say 16 hill repeats, um, sometimes I say run 12 of them and skip four of them. Uh, it really helps work your calves and works your glutes even more. Um, you know, it's, it's a little a- added challenge, but try it. Try some skips uphill. It's really good. So I, I do have the kids do the skips on, on the steps. Um, then I have them do lunge walks up the steps. And, you know, depending on how big the kid is, they may do a lunge walk up every other step or maybe even every third step. I have the kids do a double leg bunny hops. So basically they hop up the stairs and kick themselves in the butt as they're going up. Um, I also have them do single leg bunny hops. So they'll, they'll do it on, you know, first their right or left leg, and then they'll switch to the other leg. Um, and again, kick themselves in the butt with the leg they're jumping on. So it's, uh, it, it's challenging. And if you have kids who aren't very good, or if you're not very good at getting off the ground, you know, it's okay to use a railing there just as long as you're using it for balance and not using it to actually help propel yourselves up the stairs. So um, uh, I have them... Uh, eventually then do a run up the middle of uh, Red Rocks. It's it's, it's kind of funny. uh, If you've ever been to Red Rocks, it's steep. You're at a little bit of elevation there and uh, i've often told kids you know that the way i work it is after they do all the other drills on the stairs on the side and then they have two chances to run all the way to the top and the bleachers at red rocks are pretty wide so you got to have pretty long legs it's it's pretty tough for the smaller kids on the team to do it but i tell them if after doing all those other things and they can run from the bottom from the stage at red rocks all the way up to the top and not stop at all, not, you know, start walking or whatever, I will buy them a pizza. And over the years, I've only had 10 kids ever hit me for a pizza. So it's a pretty good challenge there. So um, th- so those are some ideas you can use for uphill uh, running there. Um, and again, as you get better, you could start increasing the number of what you do. I, I just want to uh, talk real briefly before wrapping up talking about downhill runs. Um obviously, you know, when you're doing any race, you're probably running as much downhill as you are uphill and it is worthwhile to practice running downhill. The thing about running downhill though is it can be pretty stressful on your body. So I don't recommend doing downhill workouts more than once every 3 weeks. Um like I say it it does become a lot of stress plus but you know, the cool thing about doing downhill runs is you're really working on your leg turnover. So um, it actually is really good as part of the transition to work on your speed, but it is also just good to practice that if you're going to be running a trail ultra, say, and you're going to be going downhill. Um, one of the things I learned the hard way is um, if you don't do enough of it and you go too crazy, like when you're at Leadville, I, you know, you, the first big climb you do is up on Hagerman Pass, and you come out down the other side on what's known as Powerline and it's a pretty steep drop and it's kind of uh, there. usually some huge ruts in there but you can fly and i am it's one of the areas where I'm really good I am really good at a non-technical f- downhill run but I learned the hard way when I was just feeling really good and I flew down that power line I totally, totally trashed my quads and I don't know how I finished the Leadville 100 that year because I basically ran about 75, 76 miles with no quads Um, definitely something of a proud achievement, I guess, but not not the way I would recommend it. So um, definitely, you you know, again, a little word word to the wise there when you're running a race like Leadville or others that have a steep downhill, maybe take it easy a little bit. Don't be quite as insane, but it's also worthwhile practicing. So um, I will have uh, the kids on my team every now and then, like I say, no more than once every three weeks, practice downhill repeats. Um, One thing about it um, is, aside from what I talked about before, about keeping your body perpendicular to the ground, just like we did on the uphill, but also let your arms go. Um, They're basically for balance. You're not really going to use them for pumping your arms to try to get you down the hill. But think of yourself as almost like a young kid, you know, when you're running down a hill and your arms are almost like an airplane, airplane wings, you know, so just kind of let your arms loose and use them kind of for balance. Uh, just keep them really loose and go. Well, you know, the, the biggest mistakes I think a lot of people make running downhill is leaning backward. You know, they're kind of afraid to let it go. They're they're afraid they may go too fast. They won't be able to to halt, halt themselves going downhill. But it's actually more detrimental to be going down and running on your heels, hitting on your heels like that. And if you're on loose ground, that's where your feet can go out from under you and you end up, you know, basically landing on your butts. So uh, stay on that perpendicular lean. It may feel a little bit scary, and that's why we practice it. Practice those downhill runs. Uh, let yourself go. Be bold. Uh, you will be rewarded. You, you know, again, we don't go crazy, but, you know, let yourself go fast enough so that you'll be able to actually, um, you know, benefit from the downhill. First of all, I mean, you kind of earned it because you already ran up to get, get to that downhill, but it's where you can actually pick up a lot of time going down those hills. But when I have the uh, kids do uh, workouts, we generally don't do a lot of them. We'll do three, maybe four five, as we get later in the season, downhill repeats. And we go pretty long. We find a grass hill if we can. And, you know, we may run downhill for, you know, two, three, four hundred yards, even if we can, and just kind of let our arms go. Go and, and just, again, kind of get used to how fast our legs can go running downhill. So uh, downhill running. Uh, one, one quick note also is I know some of you folks listening may live in a place where we you don't have hills like we do in Colorado. I've always been impressed by how creative some of the runners I have who live in flat places are. Uh, I'd always read articles about running, you know, the on and off ramps of interstate highways, for instance. And, you know, obviously it's not the greatest thing you're running alongside an interstate and it's, it's obviously on concrete, but you know, it is, you know, if you're living in a place like Florida, that may be the best you can do. One, one I heard that I'd, I'd never heard before, you know, from some of my runners and, I thought, yeah, that's brilliant. Is running on the ramps and parking garages. I mean, again, you're on concrete, but uh, those are pretty uh, usually a pretty good slope. And uh, most towns, there's a parking garage somewhere you can find, and y- you may get some funny looks from some people in there. But uh, it sounds like a great idea to me. And you know, plus, you know, I guess you know, if you're in a hot place, you're out of the sun. If you're in a you know place um, you know it has snow this time of year. You know, at least it probably doesn't have a whole lot of uh, ice or snow on the ground there. So, you know, probably a pretty good idea right there. But um, I hope that's helpful. Uh, definitely incorporate hills. This is a great time of year to do hills. Um, we're getting to that spring racing season and, um, you know, you've been, you've been building base, but it is always wise to, incre- to include something that's getting your legs moving here this time of year before you start getting to more pure speed work. So keep, in, keep up those transition workouts. And certainly running on hills is one of the very best ways you can do it. So I hope that's helpful. If you need any more ideas or um, anything I can help you with, of course, um, I'm always happy to chat with you. I, I am available for uh, coaching right now. I do have some openings. So if you are interested in my coaching services, please let me know. I, I can help you with everything from if you're a high school runner running on the track all the way through uh, running 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, ultra marathons. i love to see you succeed in 2022. So please let me know and I'd be very happy to help you. And, um, you know, I, I coach people literally all over the world. So um, there are always ways to to work with people even remotely. Um, Speaking all over the world, um, as I mentioned, I'm going to be traveling to Europe here very soon. So uh, there'll be a little break here in terms of the uh, power plays. But I I do have a couple of other great uh, typical midweek episodes coming up of the We Are Superman podcast. Some really inspirational people who I hope you'll enjoy. So please keep listening. I really Always humbly appreciate all of your support on the We Are Superman podcast. So thank you for listening. And, you know, if if you are so inclined, please leave us a review, uh, a five-star rating, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Those things really do help us out a lot. And again, please strongly consider getting vaccinated and boosted. You know, we've seen what Omicron has done here in terms of s- shutting things down again. Scientists say we are going to see more of these variants because, you know, as long as the the virus is out there and people are still getting it, uh, we're going to see more and, you know, h- hate to see us stepping backwards. So please uh, team up. Let's Let's be strong against Omicron, whatever other variants, and please get vaccinated if you can. So thank you once again for listening. And until next time. Always be positive.